Hey guys, thanks for coming back and joining us or joining us for the first time on the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Today we get to talk to Charles Johnson from Utah Spirit Trail. Charles created a passport style local distillery trail right here in Salt Lake City, and his trail takes you to different local distilleries in our backyard. It's also a great way to spend time here while you're visiting. Hey, before we get into that conversation though, Chrissy, let's introduce ourselves. Let's, uh, let's mention who the hosts of the show are. My name is Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you might be unsure what the podcast is all about, well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We talk to business owners, we're talking to authors and tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share just like Charles. So how was Thanksgiving, Chrissy? I've been I've been excited to uh, get your review of how uh, your Thanksgiving was. It was delicious. I had a plate entirely overloaded with food, and I enjoyed every morsel of it. It was fabulous. You know, it was, it was a great Thanksgiving, even though it was a lot more low-key this year. I actually prefer it low-key. I think it was my favorite Thanksgiving because... There wasn't the uh, expectations, you know? And I think a lot of people hopefully will carry that into future years. I hope so. This might be a great cultural shift for us. But I want to talk about one of our sponsors. Because health insurance open enrollment is going on right now. And our awesome sponsors, Arc Insurance, is here to help you navigate the complex world of health insurance. Arc Insurance is a locally owned insurance brokerage that specializes in helping people find the best health insurance based on their needs and their budget. In fact, ARC actually has a 10-point checklist to help you out. Their complimentary health insurance open enrollment checklist will take you step-by-step through the process and help you gather all the necessary documents to make it easy. To get the complimentary checklist, visit arcutahcom slash checklist. That's arkutahcom slash checklist. Just go there. You can get your complimentary health insurance open enrollment checklist. And many thanks to ARC Insurance for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right. Here's that much anticipated conversation with Charles Johnson that we had from Utah Spirit Trail. Such a great guy. Such a great conversation. I wish I could talk to him more. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the conversation. Wow. It's like, okay, it's like a whole um, pantry. Yeah, I wish I uh, I had some more thought about it. There, I don't have a space for a wet bar, and that would be really nice. Okay, so, that would be awesome. Yeah, eventually. But this is the reason why it's kind of set up the way it is. That's all local stuff right there. So, wow, um, I do my cocktail videos and stuff like that. That is here. so cool. So for the for the trail, I I shoot the cocktail videos and and then I just do some still photos here too. So it's just kind of it's fun to have a nice background of of all the the local spirits all of the local spirit or distillers yeah. that are yeah, participating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I just can I just pour one? Yeah. Please do. Bit? Absolutely. Man. Please do. Okay. I've got a few to choose from. That's kind of the difficult part. Just like honestly, a couple though. Picking. What's that? Just so, a couple. To choose from, yeah. So what are you yeah. what are you pouring there? What do you got? Let's let's start off with this drink that you're pouring. We can start uh, right here at the podcast. Oh well, there you go. Uh, so what? I think uh, two weeks ago now, Beehive Distillery 
just released their first rye Ooh, whiskey. Rye whiskey. So that is a their, beautiful bottle. It's called Full Disclosure, which uh, is kind of a, as they put it in the in the video that we shot for the Spirit Trail Facebook page. Uh, it's kind of a tongue tongue in cheek reference to the fact that it is a sourced uh, whiskey. So there are there's a I wouldn't say a fair amount of dishonesty. It's just there's a little bit of truth in advertising, you know, and and um, some distillers. Um, not necessarily in Utah, but some some distillers uh, try to hide the fact that they don't distill their own spirits; that they are uh, they're bottlers. Yeah, they're bottlers, sourcers. And honestly, there's there's really nothing wrong with that as long as you're telling your customers that you know that you're not in fact distilling what you have. So that's pretty neat. Full disclosure. I like that full yeah. disclosure. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I talked to him a little bit about how they settled on on the name, and I just thought that was so cool when they when they told me i was like oh that's awesome it's right there on the front of the bottle how could you miss it doesn't it make you want to drink spirits that are very clever when creating their names and branding it's like you know what you did such a good job there i'm gonna drink you (laughs) oh man the labels get me every time i I mean it's not a part of the trail but i have a a bottle of scotch that i bought just because it had monkeys on it (laughs) see I, i approve i'm on board it turned out to be pretty good but yeah i could have been crap. I, I just it could have been anything. <laughs> but it does the job. It does the job. It was. It's actually quite good. So. <laughs> what's your What's your go to drink? What's your go to drink? Like if you go out to a bar or something like that. What's your typical go to drink? Oh man, uh, I usually get an old fashioned. Okay, you seem mm. like an old fashioned. You know, you just look like a yeah. guy that drinks an old fashioned. It's a good choice. I like. Uh, I do like the old fashions. I if I'm not drinking just. Uh, like a, a whiskey neat or, or, you know, just a straight whiskey, then um, that's what I'm going for. So if I go down to Bar X, Whiskey Street, um, White Horse, they all have these huge whiskey collections. Uh, and it's just kind of fun to sit there and, you know, stare in awe of, you know, what they've been able to put together. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Let's jump right into the Utah Spirit Trail. Which yeah, my favorite topic is. I mean, this is something that I mean. Let's start right at the beginning of this. When did this idea hit you? And let's tell the listeners what it is and what inspired you to start it. Let's start right there. So I'm not originally from Utah. I've traveled around a fair amount. I've lived in a couple of different countries and and several states. And uh, I settled down here in Utah about 25 years ago. Military kind of dumped me off. This is where I kind of I retired to from the military. So, um, but I still travel a fair amount with work. Uh, but this is kind of my home base now. So, and that leads to uh, kind of into the story in a, in a weird way of how I wanted to start or came up with the idea for the trail. It's not a new concept by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not the first one to to do anything like this. Uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Trail is probably the largest and most well known. So as I travel around, one of the things I tried to do um, to occupy my time, because I'm usually by myself, um, is I will try to go sightsee. Well, as much as that, you know, you you go see a few old forts and, you know, a a few benches, and that's pretty much, that's it across the country, you know. It's the same bench. They just kind of rehack it. So I have had a love affair with... uh, uh, scotch and and whiskeys and bourbons and stuff like that kind of a an enthusiast i started uh started really getting into it and wanting to meet other 
like-minded people, I started the Utah Bourbon Enthusiasts. And uh, that kind of leads to the story too. So, but as I would travel around, I started, well, you know, you go to the hotel bar and you ask the bartender, hey, where's the, where do the locals go? You know, where do the locals drink? Where do the locals eat? Are there any distilleries in the area? And that's kind of where it started. You know, um, I was in San Antonio for a week and uh, I was like, well, you know, this is several years ago. And I was, is there any distilleries around here? They're like, yeah, there's a couple over here. And then, so I went and looked at them and that was a lot of fun. And that kind of got me hooked. I was like, oh man, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta do this more often. So every time I traveled a couple, two, three times a year, I would go visit a distillery somewhere in the country. So the, on my last trip, about two years ago to Portland, uh, I decided to take their, oh, I can't remember what they called it. It was a, it's like a spirit trail. It's, 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 but they don't call it spirit trail. They call it something else because like, like mine, they go to not just whiskey distilleries. They go to uh, gin distilleries and vodka distilleries. And uh, many distilleries have them all, you know, some, some will have a whiskey and a, and a, and a vodka and a gin. In fact, most start out that way to kind of keep the lights on. They will distill a vodka and a gin because it's immediate, right? You can sell it, right. uh, distill it's, it one day and sell it the next, it. essentially. Yeah. And uh, if it's not good, they use it as cleaner. So it works <laughs> right. out both ways. And that works, especially this year. Sanitizer, cleaner. You're so good. Ex- oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Chris, guess what I'm drinking? What's that, Chrissy? My... Hugo Coffee out of my Hugo Coffee mug. They are one of our newest sponsors of our podcast, and I cannot thank them enough because yum. And Hugo Coffee Roasters is all about saving dogs one bag of coffee at a time. 10% of their net profits go to dog rescue organizations to provide shelters, beds, veterinary care, and toys all so they can be happy and healthy until they get adopted. Hugo Coffee is a craft coffee roastery based right out of Park City, Utah. And what's really cool is that their head roaster, John, he selects the highest quality beans with a rich flavor profile for a wide range of roasts from light to dark and even an espresso roast. Their website, really easy to remember here, guys, hugo.coffee. Go check it out. I'm serious. Go check out out all the different coffee that they have available we created a special promo code just for you, just for I Am Salt Lake listeners in there, friend. If you enter the promo code podcast when you're at checkout, what the deal is that you get is you buy one bag, get the second bag 50% off, and you get free shipping. That is bonkers ridiculous. That is like, why aren't we doing this for all of our Christmas gifts? Well, that's exactly what I was just thinking. You guys, don't be selfish. You can go and get the, like you can get this great deal right now, but for real, you can. And you can send this fantastic coffee to all of the animal lovers in your life. Exactly. Can you imagine someone who actually if you have friends who work at rescue dog organizations, what a wonderful Christmas present. Just get them two for the price of one and a half and free shipping to their house. Exactly. Hey, so remember, every time you drink Hugo coffee, not only are you supporting a local business, but you're supporting dog rescue organizations as well as supporting this podcast. And many thanks to Hugo Coffee for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Explain to the listeners, so they get a card, right? Or, or something, explain what, what, how, this, how it works, the Spirit Trail Guide works. So, um, 
that is one of the things I learned a lesson from my trip to Portland and they do something similar. They have like a little guide that will take you from distillery to distillery. And, um, so I thought, well, that's, you know, that's super cool. Uh, Colorado does something similar. They have a mapping system, right? That's just a gigantic place mat. You fold it and fold it and fold it. And, uh, you know, it's like digging in your grandfather's glove box for the, the huge map that you just unfold. You can't ever fold back up again. And it's like, well, that's a great idea, but I don't want to fold that thing up again. So kind of the, and again, like I, tra- I travel a little bit. So these little passport size books, I thought, well, what a great idea because ultimately I want to be able to um, have people experience all of the distilleries, not just the ones that they know of. Right. When I was doing the uh, Utah bourbon enthusiast, we wanted to start doing distillery tours, but I only knew of two uh, high West, obviously. And I thought surely Utah wouldn't allow for another distillery. I mean, that's, that's just not, that's unconscionable, right? <laughs> it's silly, silly talk. Well, <laughs> insane so but i found sugar house down in uh sugar house so i talked to james down there and he allowed us to come down and started talking to him i was like man would you think this whole trail thing would you know work out i I got this idea for you know a map and and a guide that will take people from one place to another and he was like oh well that he said we tried to start a guild a long time ago with all the distillers and that was one of the focuses but we just we couldn't come together on uh, on the right way to do or have a guilt. And I thought, and he said, what we absolutely need is somebody like you that's not a distiller, um, but an enthusiast that'll come in and, and design this whole thing and kind of take off with it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is they don't have time. They just don't. I, right. I think they're kind of busy trying to run their businesses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you've had James on. Well, I know you've had James on. I can't remember what episode number it was. We've had JP at Hammer Spring on. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You've had yeah. Steve Connellan and Timothy Smith on yeah. uh, from Ogden Zone. And they've all yeah. shared the same kind of sentiment. They just don't have time to do media and distill and run a business and fight with the DABC or the legislature. Any one of a thousand things. But what's amazing about them. And what I love about the trail is it doesn't matter what they're doing, right? If you walk in their door, you've got 100% of their attention. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's across the board. Every one of these these folks is uh, 100% amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and they've got such a new, unique story. Uh, we were just talking about the full disclosure uh, rye whiskey being kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, reference to, you know, the fact that they sourced their their rye whiskey every one of the labels has got a story that's like that's my favorite the, thing yeah, about all of the porters whiskey yeah. the, the picture of uh, uh porter rockwell on there scary dude right uh it's not just a, it's not just a face that's a, that's a a person in utah's history right that had this massive effect so i mean but you wouldn't know him other than a scary guy unless you went and uh went to the jury talked to him some of the, you know, you, you get kind of a, a word of mouth from folks and that's, and that's great, but there's nothing like hearing it from the distillery and they're the most genuine people in the world. They're, I call them modern day Mavericks, but they are, um, they're genuine artists uh, mm-hmm. in the truest, truest forums. They, they don't work with 
paints or brushes or anything. They they work with what they've got, the mash and the you know the the grains and the and the water. Um, some of the water that comes out of the hills here in Utah is uh, it's got some of the highest limestone con- or lime content that you can get, and that is one of the things that's kind of paramount in Jack Daniels' whole spiel is uh, the fact that there's limestone water. You have a couple of distilleries that are are using spring water, like right out of the ground, just incredibly crystal clear, um, beautiful water, and they're they're distilling with it. So it it really is kind of it's it's a lot of fun and, and to go and talk to all of them, hear their stories, find out that James down at Sugar House had talked about or put it as a part, kind of a part of his advertising for a short time. The fact that they're grain to glass. Well, that essentially means they source their grains, corn and, and all of that, right here in the state. Yeah. So, you know, when you have these small distilleries that are just struggling to kind of make a vibe because of some of the, you know, the way legislature has uh, governed the DABC to, in their efforts to make rules that's kind of short-sighted by them. In my opinion, there's no other homegrown Utah business that has that kind of, uh, has that kind of oversight, even beer, right. Even, even the beer community enjoys a little bit of, I don't want to say the DBC's hands off because they're not, but they they have a little bit more freedom. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you ever see, I mean, you seem, I mean, you love liquor obviously. And well, who doesn't, I mean, who doesn't, do you ever see yourself <laughs> getting into like distilling liquor at all or have you distilled liquor? Oh man. Okay. So there's two things I know in, in life and, and they both come from experience. Uh, first one is college. Uh, I took several accounting classes while I was pursuing my business degree. And the one thing that taught me is I'll never be an accountant. Right. And the other is that I'll never be a distiller. I just by talking to these folks and and learning their learning about their distilleries and their their histories and the passion that they have behind every ounce that goes into any one of their spirits. Right? They're all like children to them. You know, um, and like I said they're 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 all works of art. It, it doesn't matter if it's the millionth bottle or the first bottle of whatever it is it's that that is equally important to them and they put the same amount of passion into it um so i don't have that kind of creativity right i i have the the palate right i do tastings and stuff like that i have the palate and i enjoy um i i enjoy the spirit yeah but i don't I'm confident that i could actually be that artisan, that, that person that crafts something. Yeah. Um, I totally like get molding that. Clay. I, I've had people that have approached me, hey, would you want to start a distillery? I'll back you, all that. And I just, I have, I've had to say no every time. And, I, and it's not because I don't love the industry, because I do. I just see myself on a different side of it. Um, yeah. I see myself as, as the one standing on the soapbox yelling at everybody why do you not see all these people these wonderful people (laughs) you're just like us yeah i'm just a i'm a spokesperson (laughs) yeah no i love that i mean listening to you talk about um the actual distillers really really resonated with me personally 
I mean, I remember meeting James for the first time at a tasting, even before I met Chris, like way before I met Chris, before Mm -hmm. we got married, before I joined the podcast and just thinking this guy is so passionate and so amazing. Like he He treats every person he meets like they are the most important person in the world. And he wants to oh, share yeah. with them the best that he's doing. And he's so excited. And, and and I know that, you know, not just James, but all of the distillers in this area are so passionate and they really are artists and they're putting their heart and soul into every single spirit. And and the fact that they support each other and it's it's such a great group of people like it's just, I just am so appreciative of that community here. And it looks like I had James on episode 199. Yeah. So if you want to go listen to that, you can just go. And he makes a killer whiskey. Go get his whiskey. Yeah. All right. We're going to take just another moment here and talk about another one of our awesome sponsors. I love these guys. UtahMarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. You know, I remember talking to Tim back in episode 420 that we had him on I Am Salt Lake, and now I'm doing Utah in the Weeds with him. Ridiculous. Awesome show. Awesome show. Thank you. Thank you. UtahMarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts makes getting your medical card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. And with over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering exclusive discounts to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. And if you're in the West Valley City area, check this out because UtahMarijuana.org, they opened a brand new office. It's located in West Valley at 3615 West, 1987 South, Building 8 in West Valley City. So depending on where you're at in the valley, they got an office near you. Isn't it time that you take control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Many thanks to UtahMarijuana.org for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Most of them aren't doing, sadly, they're not doing tours and tastings. So Mm -hmm. I mean, the COVID environment, that's, that's why we're separated now. I mean, uh, it's made it very difficult for the distiller to, to function on a lot of levels. I mean, they, there's supply chain issues, just like there would be for, for anything, you know, they, they've got to get the grain from central Utah or Northern Utah, uh, I believe JP, Oh man, uh, episode three ninety seven uh, was talking about how he uh, yeah Hammers- JP Hammerspring uh, Hammerspring yeah. he was talking about releasing his uh, potato uh, vodka yeah and right. the fact that he was having to drive well essentially up to my neck of the woods up northern Utah to uh, pick up those potatoes and then drive them all the way back down to his place in, in Salt Lake so um, you know. Not all of the distillers go out and do that kind of thing on their own. I, I, Tim Smith, uh, if you follow him on his social media pages, he, he's always trucking up some mountain somewhere with some jugs of water or, or actually trucking down with the jugs of water. But uh, he goes up with empty jugs, fortunately for him. A two-way trip would be terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, so 
it's interesting to me and it just really it's inspiring for me and it, and it made me the more i talked to him the more i i realized that you know kirk down at outlaw and and ethan at holy stone uh ethan's got a oh man that kid's got a crazy story you know so and it's super fun to find out um all of his travels he started out high west and then went to portland and was it working at a distillery in portland then came back to dented brick uh works dented brick and now he's got his own thing at holy stone working with uh michael as as a part owner and and he's the lead distiller so ethan is the lead distiller so it's just been that's a fun place too by the way if you haven't been to holy stone Oh, it's a beautiful oh, man. When they open up their uh, tasting room, you have to go. It's so cool. It's Isn't it? It's very just an experience. Art Deco 20s yeah. uh, vibe. It's super cool. They they kind of based it on like um, being a sea captain on a ship. So yeah. you have like, a, yeah. it's very cool. Yeah. That door, uh, I was right there the before door? the door went on. That oh, you were. Thing is, is, it's legit it's ship so door. Cool. Like, it's so heavy. Yeah. It's, they had to almost rebuild the building to put the dang thing up because it was, it's so heavy. They had to build us like a steel frame. They had to reinforce the whole dang thing. So it was, it's super comical, but again, that kind of, you, you see that if they're going to focus that much energy and that much, that much passion behind hanging a door, mm-hmm. using Holy Stone as, as an example, what, what is their absence? tastes like what is right. their what are they doing or their gin tastes like you know yeah they have a so they have a shochu now um that is super fun to, to make cocktails with uh, if you're a home cocktail person they just have a lot of fun things to, to play around with again all of them they put so much of their themselves into everything they do it's pretty crazy Let's let's go back yeah. to Utah Spirit Trail for a little bit here, real quick, Charles. Did you mention how long ago you, this started? Then, okay, so um, I started it. I actually started uh, putting pen to paper. Oh, geez, it was twenty eighteen. Okay, so a couple so, years ago. Yeah, and then I, I launched it. No kidding, launched it about September of last year. So I got. I built the guide, I built the the map and the website and all the social media pages and everything else. And I pitched it to all the distillers and just said, Hey, look, this is, this is a way for me to not only give back, but to, to help uh, raise awareness. Right. Cause well, at the time I really had high aspirations for the, for the tourism part, portion of it. But I, you know, just like any business nerd would do, I built a, you know, five-year plan and a 10-year plan and, we just, you know, come March of of this year, we really just had to change gears and say, okay, well, that business model isn't going to work anymore. But we had intended on doing a few other things, so let's let's get those going down the road, and maybe revisit the. It's funny the same week that COVID really was hitting mass media and starting to shut things down, we launched our. Um, Sprint. Uh, we have Mercedes Sprinter van tours. Um, we partnered with a, a company down in Salt Lake to um, to get two of their vans. And fortunately, we didn't buy them. Um, that would have been horrifying. But uh, as poor as the timing was, at least we had uh, a little bit of foresight on that. But that was honestly that was part of a uh, five year plan. 
and we had so much interest in the the van tours that um, we decided to kind of go ahead and, and start early. But it wasn't, I guess it was uh, really fortuitous because it, it was a money thing. It wasn't a, um, a desire thing. So we very, if we'd had the money, we, we would be sunk right now because we would have bought two, those two vans and just been, been crushed by the, Not by the weight of it. But right it. now we operate on a, on a, uh, you know, kind of a zero sum scale, all the money that we bring in, we put right back into the trail. So, you know, we try to maintain zero debt as far as that goes, but, but anyways, going back to the trail, I started a, a few years ago and uh, launched it truly last year with uh, 12 distillers. This year we're renewing and we're going to have 14 distillers. Okay. But we did lose uh, two of the distillers, uh, decided not to renew with us. And it, and really because uh, because of COVID, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One of them, I think, the... The desire to have people coming in and out of their distillery as a part of a trail just during this time just wasn't there. Um, and I, I totally understood that. But my program is set up on an annual basis. So because of that, they didn't want to they didn't want to renew during this period. But, you know, they said, well, you know, likely in the spring would we revisit it. And I said, well, that's kind of the bad thing, you know kind of going under this idea that you know COVID's going to last for a few months more and then hopefully by spring late spring we're we'll uh, kind of get past the hump and we'll be able to kick up some of the uh, touristy side of the trail and you know re-engage with the the sprinter van and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but because the guide you know I, I because I have to write this guide I can only do it really annually and get it to the printer. And then the map that we have on the website, I just wouldn't be able to redo that, you know, month to month. So while it was very, I, I hated to see them go. I completely understood why they wanted to, uh, why they didn't want to renew. Fortunately, there was a few others that had contacted me during the year and, and wanted were either opening or had passed on it last year, or maybe they were in one case was a brewery uh and decided to sell or decided to kind of start making and and selling their own spirits so uh it's really exciting to have them on board as well um it's always super cool to see a new distillery open whether they become part of the trail or not uh it is just the expansion of the community the expansion of you know that culture within Utah that used to be, you know, back in the what, 1870s, it was everything Utah was about, you know, before it became right. the, the history of, of distilling, you mean? Yeah. The history of distilling goes, yeah, goes I mean, all the way back. It uh, was, it was a very prominent thing initially when Utah was founded. Yeah. 18, 1870 something. I can't, Oh, I've got it written down. These guides, this spirit trail guide is, Super fun and informative. 1870, yeah. So um, that was when the first uh, legal still was kind of hatched here. So uh, there's, you know, stories about Brigham Young distilling spirits. There's a a Hugh Moon that was huge, uh, a huge member or uh, a historical figure in the church. 
once upon a time, it was very much commonplace to to be able to to supply these spirits to the parishioners. But you know, just like anything else, things change, and and uh, they moved away from it. And then, hundred years later, uh, High West opens up. So yeah, it's it's fun to see Utah getting back to its roots. Yeah, right. Where do you see this going five years then? Where, I mean, you, you mentioned you made like a five-year plan, 10-year plan. Where do, you, where do you see this eventually going? Eventually, I want to have all of the distilleries, obviously, as a part of the trail. And not, not so much because I want them to, you know, the e-commerce side of it, you know, where, you know, we're, we're generating sales that way. Again, that's not, that wasn't the point of the trail in the first place. Uh, I don't intend for it to be the point of the trail five years from now. Our, or my main focus has always been raising awareness and raising awareness with the Utah um, consumer who I believe after living in, you know, different countries and in a few different States is probably the most fiercely loyal consumer as far as, you know, their local businesses, right? They, if they know the business is there, you know, their chances of just supporting them are much greater, uh, in my opinion. A five wives vodka sitting next to an absolute vodka, if they know that the five wives is made right here in Utah, it's been my experience that they're going to choose the five wives vodka. Not only is it delicious, but it's support. Right. Yeah. So I know that's my thing when I go to the, the liquor stores, I'm like, which one's local? And I try to like make sure to get local. And I hope everybody does that. Yeah, I wish um, I wish the DABC saw it that way. I, I think that they have the capability. I don't believe it's uh, the legislative body that governs this. I may be wrong. Uh, honestly, I started to walk down that rabbit hole and quickly uh, got engulfed in just about every other law that you could think of when it comes to um, selling alcohol in, in Utah. But what I was looking for was, why isn't there a Utah section at, at each one of the ABC stores? There, when they first opened the um, Syracuse store, when we first got that, like last year or something, a beautiful wine section, they, have a, uh, they had a fantastic kind of a locals only display right up front. And it was, you know, came in the door and, you know, beautiful uh, table with all of these local spirits. And I was like, wow, you know, they're getting it. They finally get it. But then I realized that that was unique to that store. There's very few others that that have a local section. And in fact, when I was uh, emailing back and forth with a representative of the DBC, they said they're actually walking away from that. And they're walking away from it because they want to. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. They're walking away from it because they want to give a uniform uh, experience to each Utah consumer. So if you walk into the St. George store. (laughs) My opinion is that is stupid. Going off of that, why don't you just put a locals only section in every store? That's uniform. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. If that's what you're looking for is uniformity, then by all means, clear out a section right in the front and put put some local only stuff. Oh, no, I was just kind of curious. Like, why do you think the DABC doesn't want to support local? I don't think it. Well, sometimes I guess some days I feel like they don't want to support local. But this, Chuck Johnson's uh, thinking, you know, it's not the consensus across the uh, the distillers. I'd hate for them to get any repercussions from this. But, you know, it's just been my experience. In, in 
emailing back and forth and speaking with a few of them on the phone and talking with some of the managers at the DBC locations, the the employees, the managers on the ground would love to be able to do something like that. It's just uh, the local managers don't have control of, of their stock. They don't have control of, of anything that's going on. Um, nine times, there's no training program. So when we talk about five years from now, I would love to see a training program within for the DBC employees that, yeah, maybe they can't raise the flag or, or wear an outlaw distillery t-shirt at work promoting Utah only spirits. Maybe they can't do that. But if I walk up and I say, Hey, you know, is there a local spirit? Then they've, they've been trained to know that, Oh, let me tell you about this, this stuff over here from Holy stone or, or hammer spring or, you know, distillery 36 makes this just Damn. kick butt spiced rum that, that is amazing. And, and if, if you're lucky enough to find it, because they're actively being de- delisted across the state right now. And I, and I haven't figured out why. Hmm. Um, I just wish that the DABC would open up all of the stores across the state to allow everybody to equally distribute to every store. You know, all of, a lot of the local vendors can't get into all the stores, even the local um, distillers. In a lot of the stores that I've, I've gone to, I, I find it difficult to find even, you know, more than a handful of, of local spirits. And, and I, the sad thing is I know they exist. Right. Um, right. So I have talked to them. I, I was up at Brigham city last year and they had one local product and they were delisting it. And I, so I went there and I was like, Oh man, you know, so just trying to show support. It was Alpine. It was a traveler's rest bottle. Great whiskey, by the way. Um, but it was a Traveler's West bottle. And I was like, you know what? They, they've they got it. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to get it right. So I walk in and I, so it's, it's a great little store. I mean, it's not a, a big store, but it's a great little store. And again, they don't, they don't control their stock right there, but a lot of their shelves were, you know, kind of bare. And there was this loan kind of sitting by itself, two shelves up, empty, two shelves down, empty, side to side within that shelf, empty. There was this lone Traveler's Rest, Alpine's Traveler's Rest bottle in it. I was like, huh, imagine my luck. So I, I grabbed it and I walked up to, to the thing. I said, oh, man, it's so great that you, you're carrying this local spirit. And the person at the cash register didn't have any idea it was local. And she said, well, that's too bad because we're not carrying it anymore. We were told that we can't carry this stuff anymore. And I was like, are you serious? You don't have any other anything. And your shelves are empty. What, I mean, why can you not carry one? product and we, i don't control it. i'm sorry i was like she said you can talk to the manager so i i did i i love they, the did. abc are so they're so great I mean, the well the the people at the store the people at the, the store locations are fantastic folks and they're just trying to you know trying to help you in their defense there's no training for local spirits i i don't know what the training is i'm sh- as many laws as we have they they have to have been trained in something, um, <laughs> but it's probably not I, I relevant to those no local, of us who want to source right. local spirits, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and they, and, and you know the the cash cow. Uh, you know, if you again, I'm going to nerd out here real quick, but um, the DABC posts their financial. Um, they disclose their financial earnings quarterly. And you can go on there and you can see what spirits are doing 
uh, you know, are selling the best. And, you know, typically it's, I mean, it's Jack Daniels, you know, for whiskey and uh, just pick any one of the big names and, and they're the leader of that spirit category. And I do get that. There's a lot of money. Why not? Well, exactly. And the, maybe I shouldn't even be saying this, but I wish that the DABC would give equal opportunity to all of our local Salt Lake and Utah in general distillers so they could have the opportunity to even be in the same running as like a Jack Daniels, right? I mean, if no, they yeah. are equally available everywhere, then they'll have equal chance. But right now we don't have that. And this right. is just a me issue, apparently, that I'm like on well, my soapbox I, about right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that that's what you're doing with the tour is that you're trying to expose people to the local distilleries who are actively doing cool things. Oh, yeah. It's our main focus um, or my main focus is is just raising awareness. And when we couldn't do the, the tours anymore, we really started to focus on uh, the media kind of the uh, raising awareness through cocktail videos and through doing uh, silly stuff online and, and just trying to get it, any kind of attention I could to the, to the distiller because one of their biggest struggles, uh, if you go down and talk to Kirk at, at Outlaw, he'll tell you, he makes a, a fantastic honey bourbon. Say what you will about honey, honey bourbon or flavored bourbons. I, honestly, the people that would uh, discount that haven't been t- haven't tried this stuff because <laughs> I was that guy. I, they make a good one. You though. can't have whiskey and mix it up with stuff and don't even put ice in it. I was, I was that guy once upon a time. So I get it. Fantastic. Uh, honey, honey whiskey. Also he sources his, whis- his honey. He makes, he distills his honey or distills his whiskey, sources his honey locally from, from a local beekeeper. So actually first interview, I got that right that time, the beekeeper. I usually call him beehivist. I don't know why. It's stupid. I made it up to work. Um, you know, when you talk to him, it's like, well, you know, you make enough of this stuff. Why can't you, you know, why can't you sell it in the DBC? Please, for the love of all things holy, put it in the DBC because I don't have to drive all the way down down here yeah. to get it when I run out. I'm almost out. I've been on the last, like, sip forever. And he, he really makes amazing whiskey. Oh, yeah. I don't have the... Uh, the the traffic down there is, is such that it kind of precludes me from from driving all the way from from where I'm at. I do try to get down at least once a month to see Kirk because he he's just fun to talk to. He's a good guy, and uh, just kind of see what kind of crazy concoctions he's coming up with next because they're all doing something weird uh, all the time. Uh, so, That's what I love about them; they're all being so creative. Right. It's yeah, really neat to see what they're currently coming along. up with. Yeah, I, that's the best part. So you can't go down to the distiller. You can't go down to the DABC and pick up any of those products because they just don't. They can only have so many products listed with the DABC at any one given time. So, you know, one of his struggles is he's already he's he's fortunate enough mm-hmm. to be listed at each one of the uh, not each one, but at several of the DABC locations. But if he wanted to put his honey bourbon in there, he would have to pull a product out and. Why would you do that? We need to actually switch directions a little bit before we run out of time here, Charles. Sure. Uh, we need we got we got some Salt Lake City related questions that we ask oh, yeah, uh, every, yeah. everybody that comes through here. So we got to ask you before we run out of time here, buddy. What's like if you have family and friends that visit visit town, right? Like if they're visiting and they're like, show us the tour, show us around Utah. 
What's uh, what's the Charles Utah tour? I would imagine it would be these distilleries. Yeah, it would just oh, give yeah. him a pa- passport. Yeah, I have, honestly, everybody that I that I know that comes that comes to see me from out of state or whatever, I I'll take them to the distilleries. Yeah, I just think it, it's that much. It's that much fun, you know. It, it's not that it's a, a business thing for me. It's it's more that. If you enjoy a, uh, a cocktail, a craft cocktail, if you enjoy a, a nice uh, drink, whether it's gin or vodka or whiskey or whatever it is, if you enjoy that, these distilleries are just amazing places. And then maybe go to, you know, one of the local bars or eateries that that has a decent local selection. And many of them do, right? Many of them do. But I, I always try to highlight that when I when I try to when I go somewhere to have a drink. It's like, hey, what you know, what kind of local stuff you have? And I always say it just loud enough to somebody, you know, sitting next to me may hear that and kind of get their wheels turning, like, oh, you know what? It's that's a good idea. Sublimable, yeah. but it's and it, and it's kind of subversive. It's but just enough. It's for me, again, I just feel that uh Utahns are fiercely loyal and and if they know it's there, if they know it's there, they're, you know, they're, they're bound to support a local uh, homegrown distiller who, you know, is, has employees, right. Is supporting the local logistics chain. It's not, you know, I hate to keep harping on Jack Daniels, but they're a big name and everybody knows Jack Daniels. Right. Uh, I'm sure they're great people. I'm not, you know, bagging on them at all, but I do know their tax dollars aren't spent right here in Utah. Right. I do know that they don't support the local farmer or the local. Um, uh, oh, now I'm gonna now I'm really gonna mess this up. The people that uh, grow fruit, <laughs> I got the beehive thing right. So, They're farmers, uh, right? I guess I got fruit, that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, the winery. Are you talking about the the, the hive winery? No, no, no. Uh, the hive uh, man, their brandy is fantastic. I can't even believe I I uh, haven't mentioned them yet. Um, I love that. But no, I'm talking about the, uh, there's a distillery. Um, they're, they're not a member of the trail, but there's a distillery that uses uh, fruit from uh, just south of Brigham City, uh, kind of in the Willard area. There's a bunch of fruit farmers there and they use, they, that's where they source their peaches from, right? Oh, For right their, their peach whiskey. So, I mean, it's, it's Utah money and Utah pockets. So, I mean, right. all of that goes right back into our system. The distilleries are taxed locally. You know, they're, they're governed locally. Uh, sadly, they're controlled locally. But, you know, that's one of the things that we hope to change with uh, raising awareness is that we'll, we'll drive a demand signal with the Utah legislature that will be impossible to ignore. The money will be, sadly, money talks. We, I think we all kind of get that uh, in yeah. some kind of way. But... I think that's what's going to speak to the legislature. Uh, they only meet 45 days a year. So you gotta, I mean, you have to use a huge megaphone. What is it? Teddy wrote us about said, speak softly and carry a big stick. I carry the largest <laughs> freaking megaphone I can find and I'll, I'll stand on the rooftops and, and, and scream it. But if that has to be where we, you know, where we go, I'm not going to stand in front of the government governor's mansion, you know, without a mask on or anything crazy, but I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll be, the loudest person for these local distillers uh, because they're, they're supporting local farmers. They're supporting the local industry. So why would I not? Why would anybody not? If you, if you could change one or two things about Salt Lake city, what would you change? 
like the area, the valley? All the issues that I used to have are being kind of steadily corrected. You know, the the track system, transportation downtown used to be terrible. But now, I mean, I can go to, I can get on a train in Ogden and I can go to the airport. Um, I can go downtown. I can get, I can get a green bike and I can ride around downtown. Uh, you know, there's just so many different options for me as somebody that doesn't live in Salt Lake proper. I hate to say that I wouldn't change anything with smog, right? I mean, everybody hates the smog, but that, that would be really, really it. Cause I, I, yeah, I love the city. I think I'm that's great. City, so I, I mean, I agree with you. It's, it's moving along real good. What about any of the liquor laws? Would you get rid of any of our silly Utah liquor laws? Well, I was actually fired from being a bartender uh, when I first got to Utah because I made a Long Island iced tea the way I uh, had always made a Long Island iced tea. So, which is to, you know, not mix everything into a one ounce glass and then put it in. It was like four ounces of alcohol into, into a drink. And, uh, but, you know, in doing so, I lost my job. I just didn't know any better. Right. They asked me if I was a bartender. That's what I did. But anyway, so I, I think loosening the restrictions on the uh, on the local distiller, allowing them to have shelf space in areas where they could sell. Right. You know, get the get uh, the distillery 36 back on the shelves and, and some of these stores, you know, they they really do make that Brigham rum. Brigham rum is really a good spiced rum. I mean, I, I use it in place of Jamaican rum all the time. I just think it has the same kind of has the same kind of character in, in when you mix it with cocktails, I would just, I would hate to see them struggle to the point where they just figure it's not worth it anymore. Uh, and I, I hope that they're not uh, there yet, but you know, I, I don't know where I would be, you know, when it comes to something like that. So I, I think, you know, allowing representation across the board, treating everybody fairly, like Chrissy, you, you mentioned that allowing that space for them, I think would be, would be huge. Very cool. Very cool. I'm, 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 I wish we could talk to you for a couple more hours. You got, you got so much knowledge uh, when it comes to uh, the liquor scene here in the, in Utah. Was there anything that you were hoping that we would talk about that we haven't had a chance to talk about before we completely cut you off here? Is there uh, anything that you were hoping we would talk about or anything more that you want to talk about with this Utah spirit trail? I feel like we didn't even talk about that too much. Well, again, so the, the, the idea behind the trail was to, to get people to go from to view all the distilleries, right? So the easiest way to, for anybody to find out more information about the distiller is to uh, look us up at utahspirittrail.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, we're always posting different things, not just not just spirit trail related, but you know if the DBC closes a store for COVID reasons or opens a new store, they just opened a new store today, uh, Saratoga Springs. Congratulations! Look for the, when you go into the Saratoga Springs store, look for the local spirits. If you can't find them, ask them for them, and then ask them why they don't know when they tell you they don't know. That's just the easiest way, right? For for me to link. So I live by a code, and I, I, I Chrissy, you're going to ask me this because you ask all your uh, all your guests uh, this at the very <laughs> you end. Are, you but beat me I guess to we're it. getting that getting there. Uh, I live. By, oh, the, um, the final uh, question. The final question. 
Wait, 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 wait. Can I announce it? Is this it? Is this the this final is question? This is okay. Well, okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. Chris, you already this? know it. So yeah, no, this it. is it. I'll let Chrissy <laughs> ask the final question. Thanks for coming on the show, Charles. You gave all the information for, for people to get a hold of you. And I can't urge people enough to reach out to you and get involved. Uh, you know, especially with COVID because these distilleries, you know, they're getting hit too when it comes mm-hmm. to sales. Yeah. So they need to sell oh, yeah. booze too. And I mean, with Christmas, it's a perfect time. It's a holiday they gift, are right? They fantastic Christmas presents. Go yeah. on the tour, buy a bottle at every distillery on the tour, give it to people you love. Hallelujah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> yeah, tell it from the mountain. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so on board. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. okay. So before we do let you go, even though I cut you off. No, please. What life advice or piece of, or wait, no, piece of life advice or motto would you leave with our listeners? I live by a, uh, uh, it's a simple code. JFK uh, made it popular. I don't, I don't believe he's the originator. At least it's up for debate. But uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. I think he said a rising tide right raises all boats. I just think a rising tide lifts all boats. Sounds better. Rolls off the tongue better. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a semantics, but it, it works for me. Thanks again to Charles Johnson for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If you want to follow Charles or the Utah Spirit Trail and you don't have access to a pen or pencil or you're driving, you can always remember you can visit our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 460 for this episode, 460. And it is time to give some weekly gratitude because for the month of November, we were focusing on gratitude instead of like we were doing weekly recommendations. So uh, my gratitude for this week, I am truly grateful for this amazing weather because it's really made getting around a lot easier, especially like, you know, visiting some some family on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, made it you know, a lot it made easier. made it really easy to get around. I, I know that there's a lot of people that want more snow right, right now for skiing and snowboarding, but I'm grateful. And uh, thanks, global warming. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> what? Uh, no, no, thank you, global. Please which, don't. What do you got? Me. What do you got? Okay. What I am grateful for is my family. And this is not like a cheesy Thanksgiving family thing, even though it is family. You got a cool family. I love my family, but I'm specifically grateful for them because we came up with a really cool idea to uh, make our TV look like a Nintendo Switch for the kids for Christmas. Hopefully they're not listening. Hopefully they're not listening. I know we're that cool, but my, my, my dad and brothers were all over it. They're like, let's do it. And we all got together and got working on it. And I'm just really, really grateful that I have that in my life. We'll have to uh, post pictures somewhere. Oh, Oh, I'll be sharing it everywhere. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, you can visit our website at IamSaltLake.com to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. And if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the show, Go ahead and share it with them. Hey, have a great week. It's going to be beautiful out there. Get out, enjoy the city, support local. Do everything outside of you know, your house it's, it's, before the winter kicks it's in. It's the holidays right now. Support some of these local businesses in, in Salt Lake City. Uh, we have some great markets coming up, even though it's a little bit more socially distant. And, and we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.